You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real change. Be sure to listen to us through Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Follow us on your favorite service to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also check us out on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com to find out more about what PCLV is all about. With that being said, listen up, because here comes the word. Learn, boys, learn. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. But uh, I'm so grateful. I woke up this morning just grateful. Uh, I'm sitting, I, I wake up early and I sit in, in, uh, downstairs in my, in my um, living room in a chase. And this is where I go over some notes and start to study and, and pray and talk to the Lord, have my coffee with Jesus. And, and I was just, just thinking back, God, you, you have sustained us for all these years. And uh, we have a lot of friends that they're, were at the same time getting married like we did, but they, they didn't last. Because one factor was missing, and that was Jesus. And, uh, and it's, you know, it's really the, the love for each other that we have grown, but also Jesus being the main factor or our glue that kept us together. Because without Him, I can tell you right now, I, I, I wouldn't be standing here. He gave me a love for her that, that the world can't give. You know, this world is different. It's, it's the adopted love of God that I really learned, and I, I've learned to love through the trials, even at times where we felt like choking each other out. Amen. <laughs> it was love that sustained us, you know. Come on, don't look at me all strange. You want to choke her? You guys do the thing, same thing. Amen. Hallelujah. We think about it. Amen. We don't do it. Amen. Hallelujah. But, 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 but you got to understand, I was I was backsliding a good 10 years of that, 20, 35 years. So I wasn't, wasn't the man that you see right now. This was the man that God developed me to be. And so it was through that and through, and through that. But I can tell you, honestly, it was my marriage that brought me salvation. It was because of my marriage and, and, the, and where it was that brought me to the Lord. It wasn't the drinking, the drugs, and all those things were evident in my life. But it was my marriage that brought me to my knees. For God in restoration. And of course, He delivered me from all the rest of that stuff, but it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, all of us come because there was a struggle. My, 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 my struggle was my marriage. And, and, and it was salvation through my marriage is who I encountered God to know Him, to truly know Him is because it's through my marriages and what the things that we've gone through. And I, and I don't, I didn't want that to go through, but it, God turned what was bad to good. And then use my marriage to get on my knees and knowing that he was the only one that was going to put it together. And, and he did a marvelous job. Amen. And, and I, can't, I can't wait to get older with her. Of course, the gray hairs are, due coming, are coming in. Amen. And we lean on each other. And I, I can't see and she can't hear. And Oh, I, can, I, can, I can't hear. I can't, she can't see. So we, we help each other. Amen. See, I can't even think now. Amen. Hallelujah. That's all we're getting now, amen. And so, man, I can't even think. No, no, she, she corrects me. Hallelujah. And so it's hilarious at a movie theater. What'd they say? I don't know. What did you see? You know, it, it's just, <laughs> but uh, we make it happen, amen. Praise God. But uh, as I say, amen, she compliments me. It makes me look good. When I stand next to her, they, 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 they can see me. When I'm away from her, it, but when I'm, we're together, Something happens, amen. So, thank, thank you guys. Thank you, baby. And uh, I'm going to jump into the Word, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to continue on the mini-series that I started a couple weeks ago. Of course, last week we had Pastor uh, Bobby Menchaca, amen, all the way uh, from Bulgaria, amen. Sophia, Bulgaria, amen. What a powerful word that was last week. Come on. How many enjoyed that? I mean, it was powerful. Powerful. The characteristics and the development of prayer, amen. So, I want to continue on the mini-series. I started a couple weeks on it. Ago that entitled, Who is your Judas? Who is your Judas? Amen. A couple weeks ago, I ministered about betrayal. And that in the process of that, we're going to face betrayal in disciple making. And, and you're going to face Judas's in our ministries. 
And we learned, amen, that through the life of Jesus who faced his Judas, ended up honoring Judas at the Passover meal, and called him even friend after the kiss that led to Jesus' arrest in the garden. And today I want to minister a, a message, a subtitled message to our series, You Don't Know Who You Are Until Your Judas Shows Up. I said, you don't know who you are until your Judas shows up. Now, you got to understand, Judas can be people. They can be problems. They can be situations. They can be sicknesses, etc. Amen. It's really anything that stops the process of God's purposes in your life. Now you're cold, baby. Are you cold? Okay. okay. Are you guys all right? You doing okay? All right. So like I said, Judas's can be any form of these, amen. Uh, it can be people that come into your life. It, it can be situations or problems uh, that rise up. It's really anything that stops the process of God's purposes in your life. I have a question for you. Who are you? Do you really know who you are today? You see, a lot of people think that we know who we are. But when trouble hits, when how all hell is coming at you. Come on, when someone took the last piece of cake. Come on, that, or when your Judas shows up, well, come on, the real you shows up. Hallelujah. Because you really don't know who you are until your Judas shows up. See, there are certain things in life that will never change until you go to the cross. It was the cross of Calvary that brought change into our lives, amen. It was the cross of Calvary, amen, that brought change and healing into our marriages, into my marriage, amen, that, that caused 35 years and counting, amen. But we have to go to the cross for change. Tell your neighbor, you got to go to the cross. Come on, change is not going to happen over a program. Change is not going to happen over, you do these three steps and change will come, amen. It's not going to happen, amen, uh, through a 12-step program, though those things are good and they benefit, amen. But let me tell you, true change comes uh, when you go to the cross of Calvary uh, and you encounter Jesus Christ and what He's done in your life. That's when change comes, church. And listen, I'm going to throw a heavy revy at you guys. And without Judas, most of us, We'll never go to Gethsemane. Without Judas, most of us will never pray that prayer, amen. Not my will, but thy will be done. Until your Judas shows up. See, in Luke chapter 22, 42, we understand that as soon as Jesus prayed that prayer, not my will, but thy will, when he prayed to the Father, as soon as he prayed that prayer, the Bible says that angels of the Lord came and strengthened Jesus that gave him enough strength to go bear the cross. Let me tell you, without Judas, you'll never pray that prayer. Without Judas, you'll never go into Gethsemane, your Gethsemane, your place where you're going to find God and say, not my will, but thy will be done. Until you get to Gethsemane, until you start to get on your knees and stop complaining, because we're so good to complain, amen, that we don't pray, hallelujah. We complain about our spouses. We complain about the situation. We complain about this and that. And God's saying, until you get on your knees, boy, until you get on your knees, girl, and say, not my will, but thy will, that's when God will come into your life, amen, and change your complaint into a prayer. Are you hearing me? See, a lot of us are in our same situations because we've never done that. Have you gone to your Gethsemane? Come on, have you gone into your knees where you surrender to God totally and fully and said, not my will, God, but thy will be done? I'm telling you, as soon as you pray that prayer, angels will come and strengthen you. That you'll be able to bear whatever cross that you need to carry. Let me tell you, when my marriage was rocking and not good, until I met Jesus, amen, and it brought me salvation because of my marriage, amen. 
When I prayed that prayer, the sinner's prayer, when I prayed and asked God, he told me to surrender. He told me, you know what? You can't do it your way anymore, amen. Until I said, not my way, but your way, God. And that, I maybe not said those same words, but that's what I meant when I got up. He said, surrender your life, boy, and I'll put everything back together. And when I got up, let me tell you, angels strengthened me. To get up, amen, and now 24 years and counting, amen, I'm walking, amen, because he gave me the strength to bear my cross of what was going to come at me. He says, until you pray that prayer, son, you can, you're not going to get up. Your marriage will not get healed. Your situation will not change until you give me everything. You need to surrender all. You need to surrender all. You're not, you, you need not to say it in a prayer in a simple prayer that means nothing. We do prayers that mean nothing sometimes. Amen. We just say, uh, your prayer, not my will, but thy will be done. We repeat it after the preacher. We repeat it, amen, because we read it on the word, amen. We may even have it in our homes, but are you truly surrendered? Or maybe you haven't fa- faced your Judas yet. Until you go into your Gethsemane, Till you get on your knees, church, and pray, not my will, Father, but thy will be done. Come on. We will not be strengthened. Listen, we will not be strengthened to fulfill the purposes of God in our lives. We will not learn, church, how to be still and know that he's God. Until you get on your knees and pray that prayer. Listen. The greatest impact in your life is perhaps, listen, the ones that have hurt you the most. I want you to get a hold of that. The greatest impacts in your life is perhaps the ones that have hurt you the most. When we think of Judas, amen, we think of betrayer. We think of the one that turned in Jesus. The one that turned his back, amen. Uh, How many agree that Judas is not a good name to have? Anybody named Judas here? It is. I'm not picking on you. But it's really not a good name to have. Amen. See, but in reality, listen, your Judas or Judases may be God sent. It may be a blessing to you. Listen, in order to help you develop a Christ-like character. It's Judas who compels you and I into the garden, amen. It's Judas who compels you and I into a prayer life. It's Judas, amen, that helps us to put on our crown, pick up our crosses, and follow Jesus. See, when there's betrayal, there's hurt, right? Are you, you, you need some prayer, bro? <laughs> come here, someone hurt you, Hill. Come here. Don't look at your Judas right now. But betrayal, there's hurt. What are your thoughts at that time when it happens? Come on. Are your thoughts of restoration or vindication? Come on. Are you insisting to prove yourself right and the other wrong? Are you demanding justice? Come on, you see at the moment, amen, or or when you're still carrying the grief, amen, justice feels pretty good at that time. Come on, somebody say amen, hallelujah. Come on, uh, you want them to get what they deserve. You give them that face like, come on, let's get real. Come on, let's get real. Come on, when people have lied about you. Something inside of you, come on, screams, liar, liar, pants on fire. Maybe you say other things, amen. I'm keeping it PG here, okay? But isn't that true? Man, we want to scream out in our spirits, you know, you're lying about me. You're the liar. We, we, we want to defend the case, amen. We want to go out and... Prove them wrong, amen, because our natural man, uh, come on, uh, come on, this feels good when we get vindication. We give somebody what they deserve. Yet, in Jesus' case, what does he do? He washes his feet. 
What does Jesus do? He makes a covenant with him. Let me ask you a question, church. Can you make a covenant with your Judas? Come on, most of us will say, no way, pastor. Come on, can we be real? Can we be for real, for real? Come on. We want to give Judas a beat down. Come on. Don't look at him right now. Come on, truth be said. Come on, we want to hurt somebody that hurts us. Come on, that's someone that talks about us or talks about our family or talks about your spouse or talks about your kids. Don't be talking about my kids. Hallelujah. I know mamas rise up really quick. Amen. Hallelujah. Mamas bring out the chancla. Amen. The be- they bring out everything. No, no, we don't do that no more. We, we, we pull out our Facebook. Oh, come on. Show them what kind of Christian you really are. Well, times have changed. Hallelujah. Don't it feel good to vindicate somebody, your vindicate over somebody, what they've done to you, and just put them on blast on Facebook. And then all your friends agreeing with you. Like, 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 like. Yeah, tell her. While the devil's just laughing. And it says, Ain't she saved? Isn't he a leader? Come on. See, what we should be saying at those moments and times, and I know this is what we feel in our spirit, amen, but let me tell you, if there's no prayer life going in, amen, we're going to act in the flesh. Come on, instead of just getting a hold of ourselves and saying, oh, Lord, I, I don't know what's going on here, amen. I, I don't know why it's happening on me. I don't know why they're talking about me, Lord. Uh, but I'm not going to get in the flesh, Lord. I'm going to play. Uh, I'm going to get on my knees. I'm going to pray. Uh, not my will, uh, though I want to do this. Not my way, Lord, but your will be done. I will remain a son to you. I will remain a daughter to you. Not my will, God, but thy will be done. See, the problem is that most of us don't do that. Or we forget about it. That's why it's so, it's so powerful what Pastor Bobby was saying, that prayer is a development characteristic in our life. That if we have prayer in our lives, it becomes part of our lives. It's not something that we just do during prayer time at church. Something that you do at home and discipline that when those times and moments come, because when a really, can I, can I use you, bro? Uh, don't react. Okay, just go with me. When things like that happen, let me tell you, some men will want to come back at me. That's our first instinct, right? Come on. Someone pushes you or talks about you or doing these things, and that's what it feels like. That you're like, you want to come back at them. Can we be real? Come on, give him a, give him a hand clap, him. See, he prayed today. Hallelujah. But see, if we're not prayed up, we are going to react in the flesh. You will not think about not my will, not, 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 not my ways, God, but your ways be done, God, in my life. If we have a prayer life and our Judas shows up that day, let me tell you, if we have a prayer life, though we may react in our, in our mind a little bit, but we grab a hold of it and say, God, I got to walk away from this, God. I, I got to just shut my mouth, God. I, I can't say what I want to say. I, I don't want to do what I want to do, Lord. I need to get on my knees and God, God, not my will, but thy will be done, Lord. God, I need your strength right now. See, when he prayed that prayer and that prayer, like I said, the, you read the Scriptures, amen, the angels came and strengthened him. See, when we pray that prayer every time, church, his angels will come and strengthen you to bear the cross that we need to bear. Because when it comes down to betrayal, we're more like Peter in most cases. Come on, we're bringing out the sword, amen, we're cutting off the ear, or we're cutting something, but something's getting cut. Come on, let's just be real. Come on, we, something's getting cut, amen. Uh, what about James and John? Come on, what, how about the Samaritan people that didn't welcome Jesus? Look what they said. 
This is James and John, their disciples. They, they've been with him for a while. And all of a sudden, they, they're all, they, they get all like they're better than anybody else. Amen. They're safe for a couple years. They, they think, they, man, uh, we're the disciples and all this. And so they don't welcome Jesus. In Luke chapter 9, 40, uh, 54, it says, you know what? When James and John saw this, they said to Jesus, Lord, do you want us to call fire from heaven and burn them up? It's just like us, right? God. Poke their eyes out. Break their arms. Let them get in an accident. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you, that's the flesh. Come on, we may not even say it at times, but a lot of us are thinking some things. Imagine if we can just open the mind and see what's really running in your minds right now. I wonder if somebody will actually be here in church right now. Amen. Some of you guys are like already eating somewhere. The number two special, yeah. <laughs> I mean, here they are, you know, they don't welcome him. And here's his disciples. Hey, pastor, they're making fun of you. You want me to cast, you want me to call the heaven, tell God to just burn them? We'll burn them right now. I got some unsafe friends still that need some help, but they'll help us out. Come on, we, we get desperate sometimes, church. He tells them, Lord, should we call down fire from heaven? And burn them up. It's in the Bible. It's in Luke chapter 9, 54. Church, these are disciples. These are men of God. Here they are. They say, you know, let's hurt them. But look what Jesus says. Verse 55, Jesus turns to them and rebukes them. Rebukes them. How can you think such a thing? Come on. Probably thinking, you guys are getting way too religious for me now. Come on, you guys have forgotten where you came from. You've forgotten that you were just like them a few years ago. See, the Jesus rebuked them, church. He's going to rebuke you. He's going to rebuke us. If we respond to the the same way. See, everyone needs a Judas. Everyone needs a Judas. Is it possible, and let's be honest today, can you truly love your Judas? Can you give love where you've been betrayed? Can you show kindness where you have been hurt? Or is it something that only Jesus can do? And sometimes Pastor Art. Ain't we supposed to be like him? Come on, isn't that our goal is to be like Jesus, church, I don't hear no amens out there. Come on, our goal is not to be some religious man. Our goal is not to be the, the greatest preacher. Our goal is not to have the biggest ministry. Our goal is not to be all this. Our goal is to be like Jesus. That is the goal for all of us, church. See, in the scriptures, right after Judas left the table to go betray him, Jesus tells the rest of the disciples, I want you to listen to this, because he's talking to you guys today. He says, I give you a new command. Knowing that Jesus was about to betray him, knowing that when Peter and the rest of the guys find out, they're going to get angry and they're going to want to do something to Judas. He tells them in, Luke, in John chapter 13, 34 to 35, so I give you a new command, love each other. Love each other. He, he already knows Judas just took off. Okay, this guy's going to do his thing. And these guys, when they find out, they wanna, they're going to want to beat down Judas. And so by the way, he reads their mind. He says, oh, man, I'll give you a new command. I want you to love one another. So at that moment, it's like, no problem. We love. But they don't know what Judas is going to do. See, right now, it's no problem. Okay, we'll love, amen. But you don't know when your Judas shows up tomorrow. Are you still going to love when that Judas shows up? Do something to you? Do something to you? <laughs> I need some water in there. He says, love each other. Already knowing in their minds, you know, these guys are going to get mad. They're going to want to do something. They're going to want to hurt them. If Peter pulled out a sword on a soldier, come on, he's definitely going to do something to hurt Judas. And he goes on to say, just as I have loved you, you should love each other. 
Your love for one another will prove to this world that you are my disciples. Church, isn't this the way we win the world? It's through love. Right? We have to love each other. Our banner two years ago was love. God was reminding us, man, that we need to love. The people in the church are fighting. There's more wars in the church than outside the church. There's more hurt in the church than outside the church. There's more people talking smack in the church than outside the church. And we're the church. There's something wrong there, church. Not a church here. There's something wrong. But we're not showing love in the body of Christ. And he tells them, I want you to love each other. This will prove that you're my disciples. See, the world, the world around you, your co-workers, your unsafe family, all those people out there, they're watching to see how you react to conflict. I'm, I'm telling you, they're, 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 they're ready. Okay, so just have to it out. Just see what happens here, Mr. Christian. They're watching you. They're waiting for a moment for you to slip up and point a finger at you and say, and you call yourself a Christian. <laughs> Amen. I'm telling you, they're waiting for you. Once you say I'm a Christian, all eyes are on you. Oh, yeah? They're going to watch your moves. They're going to watch how you react. They're going to watch how you talk. They're going to watch how you walk. They're going to watch everything in you. How you treat your, your wife, how you treat your husband, how you talk to your kids. Let me tell you, the whole world is watching. Watching what, 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 you know, when they talk things about you, what are you going to do? When things are done to you, what are you going to do? When people betray you, how are you going to do? And my job, I work with a bunch of devils. I'm, I'm telling you, these guys are just vicious. They're not saved, amen. And let me tell you, I work on a, I work on a floor that's fully commissioned, which means I sell nothing, I make nothing. I've got to sell something to make something. So I earn my living, amen. But there's times on a day off that somebody that they know that's my friend and a customer comes in and asks for me, then the person who takes it doesn't split it with me because they're supposed to split it with me. And they see that because they'll follow that person. You know, they didn't split it with art. I'm serious. And the very first thing, right when I walk in, Me on the other hand, 
when I do the right thing, it comes around the corner, church. God blesses, amen. When you do the right thing, man, yeah, it hurts, amen, just like betrayal hurts or things said about us hurt, amen, but, but we have to learn to let that go and realize, you know what, it's, it helps us to be better, it's developing us to be stronger, amen, and not, not allow the bitterness and hatred to come into our lives. See, what Jesus says here is powerful. He tells his disciples after, after Jesus left, because he knows the nature of man, the nature of all of us in this place, that, that when Judas attacks us, we react. Come on, we're, we're going to sin in our anger, church. We'll take, we'll take matters into our own hands. Like I said, we'll cut, kick, hit, we'll go off. Come on, whatever it is, we'll do whatever it takes, church, when someone hurts us. Come on, let's be real. Let me tell you something, church. If we don't allow this to come into our lives, it's going to cause us to get bitter, resentful, and unforgiving. It will cause you to send people to you know where. You'll say it in your mind. Well, you can go to... You say that to people. And they're better church. And we are the church. Listen, for God to teach you real love, listen, you must bring unlovely people of Judas's in our life. I don't know if you have experienced that already in your life, but God, when he brings these people in your life, it's not to break you, but you mad, but to make you stronger. To make you stronger, church. Jesus says to them, love one another. But you'll say, it's hard. Right? It's hard, Pastor. Jesus says, I know. Well, you, you don't know what they said. And Jesus says, I know. But you, you don't know how it feels. And Jesus says, Well, they deserve what's coming at them, God. You know, they deserve this. And Jesus says, I know how you feel. Listen, I hung on the cross for them. And I looked up to the heavens that day and said, forgive them. But they know not what they do. So, I know, child. I know my daughter. I know my son. I know what she did. But I died for the most. But I can't forgive them. It's just so hard. When Jesus says, yeah, well, then you can't be my disciple. You can't love and forgive. You cannot be my disciple. Not my words. It's the words. It says, love one another. This will prove that you're my disciple. So if you don't love, guess what? You can't be my disciple. You'll get a hold of that. You'll get on your knees. Even though you don't want to forgive them, you need to let them go and forgive them. You need to love them. Because I already know. But God, this is how I was raised. You know, they hit, I hit back. This is who I am, Jesus, you know what? Jesus, I died for that. If you've been saved so long, stop using that as a crutch. This is the way you were born. No, Jesus died for that. Jesus died to take away the bitterness. Jesus died to take away all that was built inside of us. You can't use as a crutch. This is how I was. This is how I was. This is my, how my dad or my mom taught me. This is, this is who I am. I can't change. Yes, you can. Jesus died for that. You've got to show the world. You're his disciple. And loving one another. I love church. I mean, how does it look when Christians hate? It doesn't even display God. God is love, right? There's no hate in him. He doesn't like sin. There are other things that he does not like. But there's no hate in God. Can you imagine him? 
Sometimes those incidents hurt. I'm not, I'm not dis- dismissing that hurt inside of you. I'm not dismissing the anger that you may have. That's natural. That's who we are. That's the flesh that we live in. But if we don't develop a prayer life, in those moments and times, when those situations happen, when Judas show up in your life, if Judas shows up in a circumstance or a problem, you're going to react just like the disciples did. Swinging a sword, cutting someone off, but praying to God to hurt them. Come on. Don't tell me there hasn't been a time when you've prayed about God. I wish you would get that even for me. And I pray that you would give them a lesson that they didn't learn. Come on. There's times that those things have hurt us so bad, church. But Jesus says, He did it to me. He did it to me. And I still forgave them. They did it to me, and I, I still said, Father, forgive them. And so he says, go ahead and do to them what I've done to you. Church, there are some things that are going to happen. If you really want to move forward in God, if you really want everything that God has for you, how many want that? Come on. You want everything, every blessing, every promise. Let me tell you, everything, every, every goodness, every just blessings of flow, then you're going to have to do these things. And you're going to have to pray this prayer. Not my will, but thy will be done. You know, for some of us here, maybe we've never prayed that prayer, church. We seek God, we pray God, but do we really surrender our lives totally to God? When you say, God, I don't belong to myself anymore. I belong to you. I belong to you, God. Use my life whatever way you want. God, I'm not here to judge. I'm not here to watch. I'm not here to do anything, God. I'm here to keep my eyes on you, God, and let your spirit lead me. We can get caught up in so many things, church, that distracts us from the purposes of God in our lives because we're, we're even in the church judging and checking not allowing God to speak to us. He says, God, not your will, not my will, but thy will. God, I'm, I'm tired of, of, of looking and see how everything's supposed to be. I'm tired, God, of, of all these things that, that I, I need to get a hold of. I want you in my life. I don't want to have my ways. I don't want to think of how I think or what, how things should be better. You better show me that. Until you pray that prayer, God, not my, not my will, but that will be done. And that will strengthen you so to show you things. Trying to fix your marriage on your own, not letting God do it, you're going to fail. Trying to overcome something of a struggle that you're trying to do on your own, and you don't pray this prayer, you're going to struggle. Until you get on your knees and say, God, not my will. God, I know that you don't want me to talk that way or, or say that or, or do that, Lord. God, I surrender my life. And I pray for your will. 
soon as you pray that prayer, then the angels come and they strengthen you to overcome those things that you're facing, church. And now you can stand up and go forward in the, in the purposes of God in your life and flow in the blessings. And Not that we won't have those, those moments because Judas will always show up. They'll come. They don't stop coming, church. But each one is to build you. You have that prayer, you're not going to flesh out. You ever just had a great time walking with the Lord and it's just that one moment? You blew it? Come on. It, it, come on. You said something that you haven't said for a long time? You! Or you did something that out of rage or anger that you're like, what am I doing? You ever did that? Had one of those moments? What am I doing? Why am I here? Why am I thinking this? We all go through those seasons because something lacked in our lives, church. And it goes back to Gethsemane. It, go back, it goes back to that prayer. God, not my, my will, but thy will be done. See, it's something that has to be repetitious in our lives. Ain't it the Lord's prayer for us? Ain't that part of the Lord's prayer? Right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Here on earth as it is in heaven, give us this daily bread. Help us to forgive others that come against us. Is that the Lord's Prayer? I'm just rewording it, that's all. But isn't that the Lord's Prayer? Thy will be done. Not my will. The Lord's Prayer says, you know what? This is what you need to pray. He tells the disciples, this is how you ought to pray. Don't just come praying, complaining. Don't just come praying, I need this, I need that. See, that's our prayer life for some of us. God says, I want you to pray, thy will be done. I want you to pray, not my will, but thy will. Every day, that's, a, that's something that I start off the day with. God, I don't want my will. I don't want to stand in your way. Your ways are higher than mine. Your thoughts are higher than mine, God. I want to align myself. The, 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 our conference alignment is it's going to be powerful, guys. Aligning ourselves back to the Father. Aligning ourselves out of our ways. Aligning ourselves, not thinking what we, how we need to handle it. Now that you've been saved so long, I, God, I, I know how to handle these kind of people. Come on, we get too religious. As Frosty said, Pastor Jason said, too much religion makes you a pigeon. Hallelujah. Guys, you need to surrender. If you really want to be still, let me tell you, you can never be still and know that He's God if you don't surrender. There's no way. You can never be still until He has your, your whole life. So you, he has all of you. Not some of you. Not part-time of you. Not Sunday you. Or Wednesday you. All of you. Every single day until Jesus comes back. Every single moment. Every single hour. God, I belong to you. You bought me with a high price, God. I don't belong to myself anymore. I belong to you 24-7. It's to the end, church. This is not to just make us feel good. This is, God, this is my life. I give you my life. Take me where you want to take me. You brought me to Vegas. I wanted Hawaii, but Vegas, okay. God, I win the Hawaiians on the beach for Jesus. Hallelujah. That was my dream. Tanned all the time, praising the Lord. Hallelujah. That was my vision, amen. Praise the Lord. Paradise and serve Jesus at the same time. Hallelujah. About me, the hot, dusty, didn't even know I had allergies, city. Hallelujah. Actually, we do live in paradise. Our section where we live is called paradise. There's your paradise. <laughs> Surprise! You want a paradise. That's it. It is. Where we live is called paradise. <laughs> he did bring me to paradise. It was just a wrong paradise in my mind. 
You got to be specific with God. That's right. But it was not my life no more. Not my will, but I will be done. I'm so glad I listened to his will. Because I've learned life out here with you guys. You guys help me. Some of you guys are Judas's in my life. <laughs> Come on, let's be for real, for real. <laughs> but I thank God for each one of you. I thank God for every person that's walked into this church. I thank God that He developed me through that and showed me patience. Showed me how to just hold on. Showed me how to love despite of. Not that I never lost it. Don't look at me that I'm, I'm this perfect guy up here. That some of you guys are thinking about. No. There's, there's seasons that I forgot to love. And I just became the, the whip master. I became the, the authority. I became the Moses that struck the rock. I became that. These are your people. Brought me, these are your people. I used to say that. Your people. Stiff necks, don't get it together, bunch of bunch of lazy people that don't know how to love you, God. Your people. Let me tell you, I had moments like that. Every pastor would tell you they had that same moment. Hallelujah. And God says, "What about love?" God. I remember a season, man. He broke me. He broke me. He says, "God, what did you come out here for?" you come out here for? And we started re realizing the flashbacks with me and my wife before we even got here. We used to Vegas and cry out and weep for you. For people. I love people. God, I'm going to love people. Even my pastor, when she released me, prayed over me, goes, Art, when you go out there, just love people. Just love people. I forgot about you. God, I repent. I said, God, I'm Forgive me for allowing circumstances to bitter my heart. God, I need to love people. Man, I'm sorry. How am I going to prove that I'm your disciple if I don't even love? If I can prophesy, if I can speak this without love, I'm nothing. If I can give to the poor and not love, I'm nothing. All these words started to flash back in my mind. I can do all this and run a church, but not love. I'm nothing. Oh. It's like he hit me. And I just went, oh. And I got on my knees and I prayed, God, not my will. But thy will be done. God, I don't need your love. I need your God be love. God, I'm. I needed to cover me and saturate me, Father God. God, forgive me. And I prayed that prayer and got up. And I started loving people again. The smile came back. The embracing came back. Even as I walked and met people that, that tried to hurt me came back. I smiled and hugged them. Other disciples wanted to Pray for fire from heaven and burn them. They're back. <laughs> I said, no. I rebuked them. We're here to love. Right? We're here to love. This will prove we're his disciples by the way we love each other. And this is what we do. We love. Hating the world's God is love. Let's be love. Amen? We're close today. Jesus is giving us a command, a new command, which is really an old command. But if we are truly His disciples, then it's proven by the way we love one another. Knowing that we're going to face the same Judases in our lives, just like Jesus did. So He says, love one another. This also means that our Judases as well need to be loved. 
Because love conquers all church. Let me give you a few scriptures and I'll close up. Amen. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8 says this. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitudes of sin. The Amplified puts it like this. Above all things, have intense, unfailing love for one another. For love covers a multitude of sins, forgiveness, and disregards the offenses of others. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, Now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Love never fails. We sing it, church. We need to live it. Don't just sing it. Live it. In disciple-making, how you respond to your Judases is a large part of the outcome of your life and your ministry. Did you get that? Making disciples, how you respond to your Judases is a large part of the outcome of your life and your ministry. Hashtag boom. If we're going to grow, church, we're going to have to love. Amen? Come on, let's all stand up. Hallelujah.